Hello and welcome to the Plant-Based Yogi Podcast. In today's episode, I'll be talking about is yoga good for weight loss and the five secrets to losing weight with yoga. Before we get into that, I want to tell you a story about my childhood because when I was growing up, I was always an overweight kid and it was because I was obsessed with eating chips. Now chips in the UK means a different thing to chips in America, I think. When they talk about chips, they they mean crisps. I'm talking about chips, potatoes, cooked in oil um, from the chip shop. (laughs) It's a, a British pastime, fish and chips. Although I don't eat animal products, uh, I I was heavily into chips when I was a kid, so this addiction caused me to gain a lot of weight and I had real confidence issues with myself. So inside I was scared to leave the house. I wanted to just sit at home and play games on my computer and I use any excuse I could think of to get out of going to school as well. I was also really conscious of my physical appearance. I had bright red hair, freckles, and I was pale and I was overweight as well. So almost a target for other kids at school. And I used humor or being like the class clown they call it, to deflect attention away, but my self-confidence and the way I felt about about my appearance growing up was not good, not good. And the thing is, nobody taught me how to think. (laughs) Nobody taught me how to get out of my own head. Nobody taught me that I could change my my body, my physical appearance. I, I genuinely thought people were just born the way they were, and there was nothing you could do to change that. And I and I felt like that for a lot of time, like a lot of years. I was going through pain inside and all these confidence issues, and I'd never really tell anybody. I'd just outwardly appear way more confident than I was, but inside it, it wasn't good. So this carried on all the way through school, even after I left school for a few years. And then when I was about 19, I remember seeing an old school friend and he looked incredible. We were in the pub and I remember him walking in and I was just like, looked at this guy and I said, what have you been doing? You look great. He said, I've been at the gym, I've been weights training. He looked totally different from how he did in school. This was a bit of an epiphany for me. And I started to think, okay, well, if you can do it, I can do it. So I'm gonna start getting in shape too. And I planned to join the gym and I did join the gym. And I went to the gym and I worked out. I didn't really know what I was doing. And it was a bit of a conflict because 
I had this unhealthy lifestyle where I was drinking and doing drugs on the weekend and smoking a lot of cannabis and trying to get fit at the same time and those two conflicting interests didn't really take me to where I wanted to go. And then I would push too hard in the gym trying to keep up with people that were stronger than me and I'd end up creating injury in my body. So I had all these little injuries going on in my shoulder, my hip. And it wasn't until probably eight to 10 years of training, it's embarrassing to admit this, eight to 10 years of training unsuccessfully, enjoying what I was doing, enjoying the feeling of it, but not getting the results and the rewards mentally or physically. If anything, it was making my confidence issue worse, you know, because I was putting all this effort into training and seeing very little reward from it. So that was that was making me feel a little bit worse about my situation and I was still kind of obsessed with my appearance, going out, impressing my friends, all this stuff. And it wasn't until I properly got injured at work one day and pulled my back muscle and ended up in bed for weeks and I go into the story on this in a previous podcast, but in short, I was off work, unable to go to the gym, unable to work, unable to really do anything. Stand up was painful. So I ended up finding yoga this way because my sister encouraged me to do a bit of yoga with her, so I did. and it felt amazing it in the top at the time it stopped the pain for a little bit and then I became obsessed with it so <laughs> I carried on going because it was taking my pain away and it was giving me this mental feeling of like I feel so good after doing this like no other form of exercise or anything in my life no amount of drugs or alcohol or, or anything gave me this same feeling that yoga did so I was really just hooked from the time that I started and I was only doing like 10-15 minutes a day but I would do it every day religiously and then in the end I healed my pain and through that just went on this journey of like learning decided to do personal training and got qualified at that decided to become a yoga teacher and got qualified at that fairly recently actually but through that I've just achieved this incredible transformation through my body and my mind you know I can see my abs now which is <laughs> what I was trying to do for 10 years um and just going through this, this journey of yoga and discovering more about myself and my mind and how my mind worked and played tricks on me, like my confidence is, is turned around completely, thinking about it. Um, and it has been a real transformation for me. So this, this journey leads me now to, to doing things like this, this podcast, and um, sharing stuff about yoga 
and I'm really fascinated about the yoga for weight loss. So we'll dive into talking about this a little bit more now and I'll share with you at the end my five secrets to losing weight with yoga. This is a question I get asked all the time, is yoga good for weight loss? To clarify, yes, it is good for weight loss. And you will know the practical knowledge if you stick around to the end of the podcast to apply in your own life. And as a result, discover how to lose weight with yoga. But let's address this question. Why does yoga and weight loss matter? Well, 80% of all students are interested in weight loss, fat loss or weight management. So there was a big survey done of loads and loads of students that came to different yoga studios and a lot of them answered yes weight loss was one of the main reasons they were doing yoga and excess weight is a big predictor of health challenges excess weight leads to diabetes it leads to heart disease hypertension sleep problems hormonal imbalances and more so healthy weight and health go hand in hand Therefore, a big part of getting healthy is getting our weight under control. So most people are aware of this and that's a big reason why I get asked, is yoga good for weight loss? Another thing as well that I touched on in, in the story that, we, that I just told you is the confidence. Confidence is a key factor to losing weight. So using different techniques from yoga these yoga breathing techniques that I've discovered really helped with my confidence and getting out of my own head and releasing those negative thoughts when they're trying to push and pull me in different directions so being aware of this this confidence thing and uh, I have a little yoga breathing challenge for you as well uh, you can check that out. There's a link to my website uh, on this podcast page. But let's go more into this yoga's role in weight loss. So it reduces stress hormones. It balances and trains the nervous system. Yoga reduces inflammation. Whereas many exercises, forms of exercise, cause inflammation. It helps increase sensitivity to fat and hunger hormones. And it builds lean muscle and improves nervous system messaging. So let's dive into each one of these things. So yoga balances and trains the nervous system. So what we do in yoga is we deliberately put our body in a stressful situation, in a pose. And some poses hurt a lot more than others, depending on what areas you're tight. For instance, we could do a back bend, a forward fold, or even headstand. And then we try and breathe as if we're cool, calm, and collected. And as a result, this trains our nervous system to respond to discomfort, to stress, and to body fatigue in a way that is very, very healthy. Certainly, this is very unique in exercise. That is to say, if you 
look at CrossFit athletes or people running in the park, they're out of breath, their tongues are wagging, their mouths hanging open. In other words, these are great forms of exercise, but they don't train the nervous system the same way yoga does. And most importantly, when yoga is taught correctly, with correct breathing, it is powerful. What else does yoga do? Reduces inflammation. Again, this is unique as a lot of forms of exercise stimulate inflammation. In addition, a lot of extreme forms of exercise leave people feeling more inflamed. So imagine somebody, they get up, they go to work, this leaves them with low-grade inflammation if they're maybe sitting down in front of a computer all day. Secondly, they eat terrible foods and that causes more inflammation. And thirdly, they go to these hardcore boot camp workouts and they go home and they're totally inflamed. Subsequently, stress hormones are through the roof and their nervous system is all cranked up. So you can see how yoga provides a very interesting alternative and especially in our modern day lives as a lot of exercise creates inflammation whereas yoga actually turns it off. Moreover, yoga also helps increase sensitivity to fat and hunger hormones. So this further helps build lean muscle and improve nervous system messaging. Likewise, you can get these things from other forms of exercise, increasing sensitivity to fat and hunger hormones as well. But what's really unique in yoga is that it reduces the stress hormones, it balances and trains your nervous system and it reduces inflammation. So yoga is a form of exercise that balances and reduces cortisol. This is rare as a lot of extreme exercise out there right now actually increase cortisol. And as a result, this is a big problem because after a busy day, some people may go to the boot camp to relieve stress and this ends up aggravating the problem, not correcting it. To sum up, yoga is very unique because it gets you fit whilst at the same time reducing stress hormones. So we can talk a little bit about hormone sensitivity and explain why we gain weight and the three hormones to do with our weight are insulin, leptin and ghrelin. So hormone insensitivity is when your body becomes insensitive to the hormones in your body. And the ones we're specifically focusing on are our fat and hunger hormones, insulin, leptin, ghrelin. So insulin is the fat storage hormone. It's a key hormone in blood sugar management. When I say insulin, you probably think of diabetics who take insulin shots. They do that to control their blood sugar. In the same vein, insulin is very effective at clearing sugar out of the blood. Because sugar is toxic, it will cause nerve damage very quickly. So your body will do everything it can to get 
excess sugar out of your body. So what it does, it floods in with insulin and insulin will stick sugar into body fat because it's a safe place to hide it away. However, the problem is we get this lifetime problem of overeating carbohydrate, rich, high sugary foods. As a result, this chronically elevates insulin levels in your body and it stops hearing the signals. So it starts needing more and more insulin because it's not as sensitive. Therefore, you become insulin resistant. This is when your body can no longer hear that signaling. So to deal with the excess sugar in your diet, your body is dumping more and more of this very efficient fat storage hormone into your system. And this is why we gain weight. The easier it is to gain more weight because it becomes this vicious cycle where you're just gaining and it's easier to gain more weight. Leptin is the communicator between your fat cells and your brain. Leptin talks to your brain, it basically says, hey, we don't have enough food here, eat more, winter is coming. Or leptin says, enough body fat, I'm warm, I'm full, I'm safe, stop eating. And the problem is our brain has heard enough most of your life. So it just stops listening. In other words, our fat cells are saying to our brain, enough, 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 but we've been overeating because of our messed up food system for such a long time. Consequently, we become leptin resistant because signals are bombarding your brain and it just stops listening. And the last hormone is ghrelin, the hormone that regulates hunger. So ghrelin is the hormone that sends signals from your belly to your brain. It's the hormone that regulates hunger. And this is your belly saying, eat more, or I'm full. Likewise, Lots of excess sugars, which don't send the right signals, cause our brain to get confused and continue to send hunger signals long after you've eaten enough food. For instance, imagine you're eating crisps, let's say Pringles. We all know the slogan for Pringles, once you pop, you can't stop, right? And it's true, there is no limit to how much we can eat of these types of processed foods. So you can keep eating and eating, you will never feel full because this is your body getting messed up signals from these highly processed foods. So in conclusion, slowly but surely, we develop hormone, hormonal resistance or insensitivity because we are not sensitive to these hormones anymore. In other words, our fat cells are saying, brain, keep eating, feed me. Meanwhile, your insulin is taking all that sugar and dumping it into fat, and we create this horrible, vicious cycle. In other words, it's one thing to get advice saying eat less, but if you have consistent food cravings, that means 
you're battling your own body every day. And unfortunately, in that battle with your biology, you'll lose. And you'll, you'll lose about 98% of the time, so nearly every time. Let's talk about then five secrets to losing weight with yoga. So these are the five secrets. Number one is take an inside out approach. Inside means your hormones, your nervous system, which is your electrical system, and your microbiome. Microbiome, these are the bugs that live inside your gut. They've been around for thousands of years. <coughs> it's kind of gross when you think about it. But um, they live inside your gut, and therefore, hormones, nervous system, and microbiome, they are the three legs of the stool that we're focusing on here for health. However, an outside approach means let's do a bunch of squats, let's do bicep curls and burpees until we burn 100 calories. This is just silliness. So to clarify, inside out means let's do things, let's eat things that balance our chemical body, our hormones, that balance our nervous system and that fix our gut bacteria, our microbiome. So our goal here is to restore the body to a natural balance so it self-regulates. Similarly to a tiger or a chimpanzee or a pigeon in the park, most importantly, we want to eat foods that promote balance so our body can say, eat more, or that's enough, all on its own without a complex diet or crazy food charts. Above all, the dream scenario is to enjoy the process. It's to feel energized and balanced and find intrinsic motivation to keep moving your body because you just feel so good. So in short, the general advice is eat less sugars. By that I mean refined sugars. Eat more healthy fats, nuts, seeds, avocados. Eat more clean protein. By clean protein, I'm talking about vegetable protein, legumes, chickpeas, uh, black beans, lentils, even tofu, tempeh edamame beans and then on top eat lots and lots of veggies green vegetables in particular likewise so we're looking to aim to drink water for about two liters two liters a day ideally stuff to avoid is wheat dairy refined sugar and processed foods trying to eliminate these things all together from your diet. Let's look at number two in our five secrets. You could maybe guess this one, practice yoga regularly. Yep, you guessed it, practice yoga regularly. So this will balance your hormones, it will create positive social environment, whether you're doing it online, in, in a group class, in person, and it will create a strong base for change. So it's not about taking 10 classes per week and burning 600 calories per class, it's about regaining internal balance through food and movement. 
Yoga improves your metabolism, it stimulates detoxification, activates your thyroid glands, it cleanses your colon, relaxes your mind and body. And in the same vein, yoga helps activate internal heat in your nervous system, supports the health of your liver, and releases stuck emotion. And that's a big one for me, and I think that's why I fell in love with yoga, because of all this stored emotion that I was releasing, that I was maybe holding on to for years. So is yoga good for weight loss? It certainly is. Uh, and it's so much more as well. It's, it's got so much more incredible benefits to rolling out your mat every day and making time for regular yoga practice. Number three is plan ahead. So planning provides a guide for action. This is something I resisted for so long, but I'm sat here recording this now and I've got a full on, I've got my, my plan in front of me. Um, I've got my computer and my diary that's got my whole day planned out. Um, and it really is a game changer. In other words, failure to plan is one of the most common obstacles people are facing trying to lose weight. That's it. Because at a moment's notice, your emotions can take you into a different direction, can take you towards binge eating on junk food or that latest Netflix series. So without a plan, how do we know what time to do yoga? Likewise, how do we know when and what to eat? And consequently, these things cannot be left to chance because there will just be no direction. As plans, they can direct our attention, our actions towards the desired outcome. So plans provide motivation and commitment. Likewise, plans set performance standards and planning even allows for flexibility. So to sum up, having a plan means you're much more likely to succeed. At the same time, just know this, that if you fail to stick to the plan, that's totally okay too. Rarely will I ever make a plan and stick to it 100%. So you have to remember to be kind to yourself and the best made plans often get sidetracked, but having a flexible plan is definitely better than having no plan at all. So start by committing to a plan time every day to practice yoga. And this helps if it's at the same time. For example, 7 a.m. in the morning helps your body get into a habit quicker than picking a random time every day. And as a result, it becomes easier to keep the habit going once you get into the groove. And then once you build that daily streak of yoga and you start to feel the benefits, it becomes natural, it becomes easy, and you won't want to give it up. Secret number four, start from where you're at. This is really, really important. Respect your own limitations. So knowing where you want to go is one thing, but being humble and owning where you are right now is more important. So firstly, the only time we have is right now, this very moment. Thanks for listening, by the way. So honor it, honor this moment and embrace it. Therefore, all we can do 
is our best in each moment. And comparing ourselves to others or to tormenting yourself for not being better steals the joy away from the precious journey of life. Secondly, there's so much to gain from having this awareness. You won't feel the need to compete or try complicated yoga poses that your body just isn't ready for yet. You'll think one step at a time. And thirdly, starting from where you're at right now, it actually frees us from past mistakes or future projections. So we can enjoy each yoga practice, we can enjoy every meal and celebrate all the small wins without any pressure or expectation. So I can't stress that enough. Start from where you're at. And last but not least, number five is elevate your confidence. We're saving the best secret for last here. Confidence is the difference between staying stuck and moving forward. And this is the case with all that we strive for in life, not just weight loss goals. So similarly, you can use words like desire, belief, faith, that all center around confidence. In other words, with enough confidence, we succeed every time because it's already a certainty in our mind. As a result, losing weight becomes easy with the confidence of knowing you will reach your goal rather than just hoping or wishing. You hear it a lot of, a lot of times where someone would say, oh, I just wish I could do this or I wish I could, I wish I could do that. I wish I had a lot of money. I wish I was thinner. When you say those words, when you wish, what that is suggesting is you want the outcome, but you don't want to put in the work to get there. So think back to a time when you truly believed something would happen. You knew it would, and then it did because you were so confident you just knew, you were just, you were just confident, you just knew the outcome. Think about, I like to think of basketball here, you know when they do the, the free throws? When basketballers do the free throws and they step up and you can see it in their whole body, like you can almost tell. Same with like a penalty kick in football, soccer. You can tell when the player puts the ball down or when he steps up to, to take the free throw by how he carries his body that either he has the confidence to make it or not and a lot of the times you can say that they're going to miss because something tells you that they just haven't got the confidence or you they just walk up and their shoulders are pulled back their chest proud and you just know they're going to make it that's confidence that's knowing the outcome before it happens in conclusion, having the confidence means we take action. Whereas little confidence forces us to stay stuck. You know, a lot of confidence is, it's something that's cultivated. It's not something that we can just access anytime, but there are techniques that can get us to this point. Most importantly, this is all connected to how we breathe. Yes, it is connected to how we breathe. 
So what I did was I created a video series teaching yoga breathing practices that I've used to elevate my own confidence and take my fitness to the next level. And I know this will work for you as well because once you tackle the cornerstone, which is confidence, then there'll be no stopping you. No stopping you whatsoever. And I mean, I'm giving this stuff away for totally free. It's a free day challenge. So if you click the link to my website on this podcast page, then you will be able to find out more information about that and sign up and learn these techniques that will last you a lifetime and come back to them every single day to help boost your confidence and take your fitness, your life to a whole new level. So I hope this answers the question, is yoga good for weight loss? Most importantly, here's to becoming a stronger, more confident human being from the inside out. Thank you so much for taking the time to listen to this podcast today. Every single Sunday, we'll be releasing a new episode of the Plant-Based Yogi Podcast. This is the first episode in in a a rebrand from the online yoga movement to something that feels much more authentic and in in tune with uh, who I am and and hopefully the audience that, that connects with this. So if you got value from this, it would really mean a lot to me if you share this on your social media or you just share it with select friends who you think might receive value from it as well. Thanks so much again for listening. My name is David and I will see you in the next episode. Peace out. Namaste.